Good morning, quitters. How are we doing today? I hope you're ready for another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job, because that's what I got coming right at you. You know me. My name is Maxim Allen. I'm a comedian and a guy who talks into a microphone. I got a quick announcement this week. Uh, Right now, it's May 23rd, 2021. It's hot as fuck outside, and I'm uncomfortable all the time. But uh, I have an order of stickers on the way. If you want a Don't Quit Your Day Job sticker, all you got to do is leave a five-star review and then DM me on the Instagram account at DQYDJ underscore pod. Just DM me your address and a screenshot of your five-star review, and I will mail you some stickers for free. So definitely do that. I'm I'm trying to boost my ratings, you feel? So do that. Get a sticker. It's all good. Um, today I'm really excited about my our, my guest. Uh, this guy, this guy is, dare I say, the hardest working man in New York City. We when we talk about him, we say we don't know when he sleeps. And there are two there are two outcomes to what he is doing. He is a comedian, and he is going to come out the other side a household name or a pile of dust. And I don't know that he's going to be a pile of dust. So please give it up right now for the incredible, the man of mystery, the man of comedy, Shafi Hossein. Hello. How are you guys? Oh, my God. That's like <laughs> the best introduction I've ever gotten. That's it. Pile of dust. <laughs> I already feel like one. So that's great. I can't imagine. Like, even when I just bump into you, I'm like, holy shit, he's, he's somewhere I am. Like, I just feel like you're buzzing everywhere all the time. <laughs> you're too sweet. I want one of those uh, stickers by the way don't quit your day job is probably like the first thing my mom said when i started doing comedy so this is the perfect <laughs> podcast my uh, my mom kind of said the same thing she's yeah. supportive of the comedy and yeah. i was like why are you so supportive she's like well you got a good job so it's not like you're throwing your life away I was like, same thing yeah. i'm like okay you, you're not gonna ask me for money are you i'm like no okay then do whatever you want it's like what about cocaine saying uh, yeah sure <laughs> that's the best though that the, there's that trust there it's like you, you got it I'm yeah, sure the trust comes with uh, savings and a 401k account. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and with company stock option. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to put 10% of your savings, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right, so Shafi, you are a comedian, show producer, podcaster on pause. <laughs> Hell yeah. You do a lot in the comedy space. What was your first introduction to comedy? I think in college, um, my friends and I, we would take like a night out, like usually on Fridays, we would get like wings and watch stand-up comedy. And in Bangladesh, where I'm from, like I mm-hmm. moved here for college, like in Bangladesh, comedy was mostly slapstick. Okay. Like you'd watch Mr. Bean. Yeah. We would watch like Tom and Jerry. That was comedy, mm-hmm. which is like bizarre because like you moved to America and it's such an American art form. It's like, oh, you have to write comedy. That's very different. And still like people in like different parts of the world are mm-hmm. still trying to grasp what stand-up comedy is. Like my, I had to explain it to my parents. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. What do you mean? Like you just fall from chairs and that what comedy is I'm like no that's not that's the worst kind of comedy mom someone hits you with a chair every yeah day? like w- w- like you have a banana pill and you slip that's like hilarious um but like in college i would watch a lot of stand up mm-hmm. i always loved stand up comedians because of the 
point of views they had on different things and I, I would try to relate to them. Like mm-hmm. I would watch like Dave and R- Russell and all the great comedians. Who you were on a first name basis with? I, <laughs> not, not at all. Uh, I, saw, I did sh- uh, like see Chappelle the uh-huh. other day at the stand just like walking and everyone's just like, oh my God, it's Dave Chappelle. Because he was doing like a round of shows mm-hmm. in the stand. You obviously know that. Um, so that's kind of the first introduction of um, of like stand-up, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then... And then I'd never really thought that I would do it. But like after graduation, I moved to Albany for work for my day job, which I didn't quit, (laughs) but I moved jobs, obviously. That's why I'm in the city. Okay. But yeah, so when I moved to Albany, uh, there was, we had like a few clubs. The Funny Bone is my home club. Mm -hmm. And then you have the Saratoga Comedy Works. Uh, which which is my second home club, I guess. So those two, and then you had the Syracuse funny one. So we had like good clubs around, where, right? Like, right. Big headliners would come by, and we would like hang out and mm-hmm. see them work out their stuff. But the first mic I did was bec- purely out of boredom. I was like, oh my god, I have like too much free time. I don't know what to do with my life. <laughs> so I was walking on Broadway. I still know the guy who barked me in. So there was an open mic, and my upstate buddy. Um, Grady Dixon, he's like, hey, like he would bark for the club. He's like, mm-hmm. hey, you gotta, we have open mic. You wanna come in and check it out? It's free if you want to. And I went in and I saw it and I was mm-hmm. like, blown away. I was like, people just like get up on stage? <laughs> That's incredible. And then I wrote like random observations I had throughout my stay in America. And I was like, oh, I'll yeah. just bring it to stage. And the next week I went back and did like a five minutes. I have the tape. It's cringeworthy. Is it that bad? It's so... like I had, like, thoughts. I had, like, observations that you would not do at a mic if you're a comic. Mm -hmm. But it's like you would tell your friends. Like, isn't that weird? Like, that was the comedy. I was like, you just stated something. That's weird, right? And you're like, yeah, it's weird. But what's what's the next... Like, why are you telling me this? Yeah. Like, I remember, like, saying something like... Like, when I first moved... Uh, to the US and I landed and I was like driving to my college campus right mm-hmm. and I would see billboards of like dicks and BJ's I'm like that's funny right <laughs> that was it <laughs> that's incredibly bad and that was my first mic and I just but I got so addicted yeah I was like oh this is like you know like I'm never gonna stop doing it oh yeah and I just like fell fell, fell in love with it, it like I, I've said this in the pod before but I didn't get a laugh for my first 10 sets Oh my and, god! And even then, like I was like, I want this so bad. But you like, started in where? Denver, Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, but but yeah. aren't those like audiences are a bit more generous with their laughter? Because yes. like I started in Albany, and they're like they will laugh at anything. Yeah, and it's just like oh, this is not because then you take those jokes to like a real show, and like you don't like this. This yeah. is people loved it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it was just like the I think I had like the same kind of thing. Yeah. Like I, I had like ideas for like premises or stories, but not like punches. You yeah, know? yeah. That's what like that's what I feel like everyone starts. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this this is something, but you just don't know because you don't know the devices to use to get to get to the punchline. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, we'll figure <laughs> it out. So you you start doing the you you go you get barked in. You mm. come back next week. Want to try it? Yeah. How long is it before you go back again? Do you just go the next week and the week? Oh, I after never that? stop. Okay, That's, I started and I never stopped. Like there has been hasn't been like a straight week that I haven't done comedy Whoa. since I started. Yeah. And what what year was this? I started like 2017. Okay. Um, but like the first year, I'm like people like talk about this, and I don't know what to you know what to make of it. But 
it's like oh it's a, you you're not really doing comedy unless you get up like you know all, every day or yeah. like seven times a week at least on average and i'm mm-hmm. like but we had one to two mics yeah and I didn't know <laughs> what to do with myself so the first year was like a lot of learning and yeah. just like trying to just understand and getting getting that like uh like when you first join a gym you're just oh i'm coming to the gym this is exciting and that's what it was just like going back just don't stop doing it yeah because at the same time like when you do comedy in a smaller scene you see the difference when you move to a city like new york city people are so much more competitive and they're just grinding it out because mm-hmm. that's all they want to do every day yeah and in all money they do two mics they're like oh this is fun <laughs> like yeah <laughs> but like it's good it's good because your yeah. mental health is way better because you're more relaxed you're mm-hmm. just like having a good time with yeah. comedy and that's how it should be but it's not enough to really work on material if you're only getting twice so true you know what yeah, I mean? yeah yeah so that was that was the so like I guess like I moved to the city 2019 of September, so I really I've never done more comedy in my life than yeah. since I moved to the city. So it's like oh that's when I would really be like oh that's when I started comedy like really honed yeah. in. So I don't really know. So okay, so when you're in Al- you were in Albany for about two years then. Yeah. So when how long was it before you got booked on a show? My first show was November of 2017. And that was like incredible. So when when did you start in 2017? I did my first mic was around March. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of like, what is that like six, seven months away? Yeah. 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 I wasn't, I was like, I didn't know there was another mic. So I was just doing one mic for like the first four months. (laughs) And then someone told me, hey, there's this other mic. I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? I can't wait to do that. And the Funny Bone has this competition. It's called clash of the comics okay and so you just you know you it's kind of a bringer but then you get audience votes and then the the one who gets the most votes win mm-hmm. and i won that competition and that's kind of what put everyone else's attention like oh there's this comic who never really came to the other mic <laughs> he just won this competition yeah and then someone reached out and booked me oh, and nice. i was like oh this is exciting and that's when you like really get like a taste of being good like, oh yeah oh maybe i can do this yep. and then it, then and the gates just opened up and mm-hmm. just like um funny bone saw me and they started giving me like you know opening weekends and that's how i get to meet like so many great headliners which is that's why I vouch and I encourage people that if you're starting in a small scene, be there for like at least two, three years, because then you get to see big headliners right away, which you wouldn't be able to in the city because mm. they're not going to hang out with you. So, <laughs> so you start small, then you come to the city and they're like, hey, remember me? I worked with you that weekend. They're like, oh, yeah. Hi. And then it's just like you already have a relationship with them. That makes so much sense. Yeah, I, I was wondering. I was like, "How does Chaffee like ended up chilling with all these people?" Yeah, <laughs> like, it's it's, it's incredibly lucky and incredibly like I was in the right time. And because mm. at times, like you know, I might have I, I worked with like so many New York City seller comics, which was the best part because I could have just like worked with random Phoenix guys. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. <laughs> but I just like locked out in the sense that I had seller comics. It was close by. And I came down to the city and I'm like, hey, remember me? And they're like, yeah, we hung out like three nights in a row. How are you? And it just like clicks mm. easier. It's way easier that way. For okay. Sure. That's that's so cool. It's it's very incredibly lucky. What yeah. a nice situation. Right timing. Yeah. It's just like, oh my God, what placement. <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, a lot of like in my smaller scene of Boulder, they're like, 
there was one show that I tell everyone they should go to. It's the Boulder Comedy Show. It's two nights, or it's a, it's two times on Sunday night, seven and nine. But it's mm. all touring people and like okay, like I don't know about like some headliner level people, but like people from all over the country who are like really good. Right, I'm sure like Sam Talent is always there. Do you know him? Uh, he's like the Denver guy. He's oh, like a, I, he's he did like JFL and stuff. So he's like kind of okay. the talk of the town in Denver at least. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I I think I know I know his name. I don't think I've met him. Yeah, yeah, good dude. But there was like as like a person in Boulder that yeah. that Boulder comedy show was like an impossible thing to get onto because yeah. it was run by like Denver headliners and stuff. Of course, so you could go and watch, but it's like you want to get booked on there, you got to right. be like, <laughs> we have to not know you as an open mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 yeah, it's it's incredibly tough to break 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 away, right? Because mm-hmm. right? like you're like, oh, you see, see me at open mics, but I'm actually funny. Like, give me it. Yeah, but it's like how do, it's like it's a weird thing. So uh, when you when you started, you you mentioned your first set. You were just doing observations and not so much joke jokes. Yeah. Did you struggle with being on stage or talking to an audience at all? Uh, I just want to tell you tell the audience that uh, Maxim's cat just came and started licking my hand. <laughs> uh, that was the noise of the door. Um, but yeah, so yeah, when I was on stage, um, I loved. Yeah, I was like, I, I have videos. Like I yeah, I used to tape myself a lot, which I think was a good thing because mm-hmm. i would like see my body and like body language and like movements and stuff like that i did the like, same thing yeah exactly yeah. like how you how far you're putting your mic because you have no idea what you're doing with the mic so you just like learn and learn and learn. yeah um but like the five minutes that i was doing like the open mics i was i i, I really didn't have the confidence in the material enough to be comfortable on stage right because okay, you're yeah. just like because i'm memorizing and then i'm spitting it out it was right. not really like oh like i'm comfortable with the audience i really wasn't i i still like right now maybe i'm like able to be comfortable with the audience because i believe in the material it's like oh mm-hmm. if, even if like i talk for a minute and no laugh i can pull out something that i think they will find amusing at least are funny so it's like when you when you're starting out you have no idea if the yeah. material is gonna hit yeah or connect so but we got real audiences coming mm. to mics because a small town people yes. come out and that's the that's like the that's like pro that's a pro anacon because like it's like they are very supportive because they yeah. usually come out with their friends and mm-hmm. they're trying to be supportive to the open micer who who is doing the first mic ever and they'll say oh my god this is so exciting yeah but at the same time like it's like they are giving you easy laughs and you go to yes. a real show that like, oh, no one, no one likes this. Yeah. I, so, yeah. <laughs> that was like the same situation in Boulder. Like we, yeah. like the, the open mic everyone went to on Thursday was at Vision Quest Brewery. And mm. there was nights where there was like two audience members, but there was some nights where there was like 20 or 30 people right, there. Right. And they had Hodies up in Fort Collins, which was like an hour and a half away. Mm. And it, But it was like they always had like 15 to 20 people in like a proper like kind of theater set up. Yeah, so you got yeah. to do an open mic in front of a crowd. And it was yeah. like, I'd say in some ways, comedy on easy mode because you get that confidence from easy like oh, laughs and stuff. Yeah, and you need that. But then like coming to the city, I was like, oh, I suck. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 like when I fresh moved to the city too, I'm like, oh my God. But like you, you're doing like open mics. Yeah. And they're, you know, everyone is just like, oh, I want to go up. I want to go up. I can do this. I can. Yeah. <laughs> like they're not really constant. Like even like your, some of your best bets that work open mics at times they don't get anything yeah. so you can't really get discouraged I totally guess. but it's like it's a, the process mm-hmm. <laughs> that we're doing that was the hardest part about like the pre-pandemic comedy for me was like the seven months of being here and just feeling like oh 
I've bombed all but three sets. Right. Like, but so you're fairly new to the city too, right? Yeah, yeah. So I moved in July 2019. So like pretty similar times. Like yeah. Me. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I like, I stuck to, I don't know. It's very, it was very, very uh, hard on my confidence com- yeah. coming to mics that you have to pay for. And then mm. there's no audience members. And yeah. also all the comics are like tough. And right. they're like, who the fuck are you? Like, yeah. Make us laugh. Yeah. And then, you know, things get easier as time goes yeah, on. Yeah, because when, when you're like a first, like people don't know your face, they're like, I'm not going to laugh at your stuff. Yeah. You're probably going to leave. Why am I going to invest my energy? <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? It's like a weird thing. It's like, just laugh if you like it, dude. <laughs> it takes less muscles to smile than frown. And I don't want to spend those muscles yeah, to smile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'd rather do the other thing. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you come down, you uh, you do a bunch of club spots mm-hmm. at, um, at what you said, two different clubs up there or three? Oh yeah like uh in albany i was doing albany funny bone i was mm-hmm. doing the syracuse funny bone i was doing the syracuse comedy works okay um but funny bone was probably the albany funny bone was probably the one that was the most generous to me they were yeah. just like opening up their arms and really helped me improve as a, as a, as a comic and i will never for- uh, forget that mm-hmm. they have been so so nice what uh how many spots per week or per month did they give you at that time so cuz you know they the funny bone got like great big headliners. So at times they would just bring their people. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the in that case, no one would get any spots. But when they didn't bring their people, that's when we got really excited. I'm like, oh my god, local people, are yeah, do it. <laughs> um, so it was like you know every other mo- month I would get something, um, mm. and then then every other month I would get something in the other club. So it was like I was always getting like you know some spots in big yeah. clubs, which was nice. And I started traveling right away. I would travel down to Connecticut, I would travel down to like Boston, mm-hmm. three hour drive. I traveled down to the city and I did yeah. the spots for like five minutes, no pay, drove back three hours on a Ooh. Tuesday night, yeah. woke up at eight AM <laughs> to go to work. Like, I've done all of that. Yeah. And I've I would I would do it again if I needed to. Totally. You know? Like uh, now not as much maybe because like I'm in the city <laughs> and I can get up easier. Yeah. But it's like at the time stage time was so limited I never said no to yeah. anything. I drove three hours once to perform from three people and I had a blast. You know what I mean? It's just like, you were just really appreciative of everything you get yeah. early on. It's like, oh my God, you trusted in me. I remember that feeling so well. There was there was a my first show, there was yeah. a comedy competition up in Aspen, which was four hours away of through course. the mountains. Yeah. And I, my reason was like, I'm a comedian, I've got a car, it's right. four hours away, I'll yeah. just take the next day off work and I'll go to the competition, come back. Right. I placed third. Oh, that's amazing. And then they're Incredible. like, okay, you get to do the opening night of Aspen Laugh Festival. Oh, like, wow. In like, a, like three weeks or whatever. That's sick, dude. First show, it was, it was, yeah. so, so, it was so cool. Yeah. But it was also like uh now i gotta drive four hours up get another hotel i only did five minutes i'm only six months into comedy so that that show i was like i could have done so much better i did like okay for where i was at the time yeah but i was still like oh i got like i i did well in a competition i got booked because it's a festival right (laughs) yeah those early wins it just makes you really happy that oh maybe this is all worth it yeah, you know I mean, Doing. totally like sixteen hours of driving, yeah. like one hundred and fifty dollars worth of hotel, right? Like, and for five even, minutes. Yeah, and I I wasn't even able to stay in Aspen because it's so expensive. I had to stay oh, in yeah. Glenwood Springs, an hour away. So I oh would, like, lord, yeah. <laughs> so you drove an hour from the hotel to do, get to the gig. Yeah, that's it, incredible. But that was like 
that was the time where no one had booked me and just feeling that like, okay, I'm going to go to the competition to get the chance and get the chance. And they're like, Oh, you can come back to do a real spot. It was like, Oh, I'm capable. (laughs) I can do it. (laughs) That's that's amazing. So it's like, I don't know. I think the things I did for comedy back then, now that I'm in the city and everything is like a 40 minute train ride tops. I'm like, I ain't leaving. I'm yeah, too comfortable yeah. now. Yeah, spoiled. Yeah, yeah. yeah, give me money or I'm not coming. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, it's like, you know, like a lot of lot of your friends and, you know, maybe relationships too, like romantically, they get like, oh my God, you're doing, you're not, you're not, you would not never do that for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, you would never drive four hours to see me for five minutes. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I would. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah, no way in hell. Yeah, it's unfair. I feel like comics are like you know all somewhat damaged, <laughs> and it's so upsetting. It's like I just love this so much, and I I don't want you to feel threatened about it. It's not your fault. I'm sorry. If I drive four hours to come see you, are you going to fill the hole in my heart that you're I not. need to do this? Yeah, not yeah, at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, even if you have a place to crash, I rather not. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to provide me a sense of meaning in this cold universe? don't think so i'm gonna tell jokes yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) incredible so you moved down to the city after two years in albany Uh, oh i was gonna ask you who were who were some of the big headliners you got to be on shows with so i i I did shows with joe list now like my good buddy Mm -hmm. hi joe if you're listening (laughs) if joe list is listening i'll be honored so (laughs) yeah yeah, I'll, i'll send in this clip um, Joe List, I had an incredible weekend with him, and he's so sweet and supportive. And, yeah. You know, like when I moved down, like you know, just getting to hang with him and getting his advice on things, and uh, he took me to open for him after I moved here too. So, which has been super nice. Um, mm-hmm. I opened. I worked with Ryan Hamilton. Um, Nick Griffin is one of my closest buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that guy. Just opened for him at uh, Blue Room, Missouri. Um, he's the sweetest guy. Like I've never seen him like sad i have seen him sad but he's like he doesn't let you let you go like he will give you like good advice about things you you Mm -hmm. need out of life um he's on keto too which is nice (laughs) Uh, (laughs) he loves coffee um brooks willen he's the snl guy that you love love him Um, love him so much yeah he's incredible and he's like the sweetest guy we we ran lines he had like auditions and he's like shafi will you read lines with me i'm like i've never been asked like thank you (laughs) this is incredible um that's dope he's like yeah his podcast is part of the reason i took the step to start comedy oh for sure he's he's incredible like he's very generous and mm -hmm. very encouraging like i've i found most people that i've worked with big boys they're just like so giving they're yeah. just like hey like listen like we have made it and you probably won't but like ask me stuff I'll, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you what i know yeah um i worked with tj miller jeremy piven um wow um ahmed ahmed and there's so many like i'm not coming to mind but like mm-hmm. the, the city guys that i'm close with at least uh, joe and Nick, they have been very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, that's in, awesome. In my growth, for sure. I, I, I consider them to be my mentors. That's, that's like such, like such a cool way to have your comedy career progress. Oh my like, god, having I'm incredibly that in. lucky. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, it's like one in a million shot that that would happen. And yeah. I'm like, oh my god, they live 
they're they're both passive the seller and they're like incredibly funny and i get to work with them that's yeah it's i wouldn't so cool yeah, yeah and yeah. i don't want to say it's just luck because i know you work fucking hard like <laughs> but it's like you know i really do believe that yeah. there's so many funny people there's a saturation to how funny you can be in a mm-hmm. given day and given set it really comes down like I would have to say that I'm lucky because like there's just too many talented people in the yeah. city and I would not be like, oh, I deserve it, you know, because like we all into at some point deserve a break and, you know, some get it, some never get it and some will never be seen and that's upsetting. But, you know, like if you think about that, we are all just adding to the art form in any any meaning, then it's not mm-hmm. a competition. It's just like you are putting out your your ideas out there and, you know, in some form, at least, you know, you can make a, YouTube special someday if you wanted to. And that's yeah. why I love this uh, comedy thing so much is that you have total control of mm-hmm. what you want to do with your material. And and that's why that's just like I'm very obsessed with it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was one thing I loved about moving to the city, especially. Yeah. Is like back in Colorado, everyone wants to get on, at the time, wanted to get on the one comedy club, Comedy Works. Of course. This choke point. Of course. Great place to perform. Of course. But uh, like, what was cool about moving here is realizing like, oh, there's not one lane of, oh, this is how you have to drive to be a successful comic or like a comedian or work in this space. It's like, oh, there are a million paths you can take and you can figure out something that works for you and you can contribute and be a part of the community. Like, right. In any way, any, any way you can. And that's what, and that's what people look, you know what I mean? Like over time they will realize that, oh my God, that, that person or that, you know, comedian has always been trying and contributing mm-hmm. and that's more important than getting things almost yeah. it's just like oh i'm i'm trying to be useful in any way i can and that's that's very important right mm-hmm. and at the same time like new york you don't really have like you realize that the gatekeepers don't have as much power because you can start your own thing and exactly. then people will come if you if you keep trying like you you have done such a good job with with the mics and the shows that you run and like you gave people a platform and hope you know what i mean <laughs> over the pandemic like you were the only mic for like a month or two and people like oh we have nothing oh let's go to max and roof and do the mic and everyone just came from all over mm-hmm. and from jersey and it's like that's incredible yeah um, and that's that's people notice that and uh, over time things add up like that slowly that was like of all the things that I've done in comedy, starting this mic with Lee yeah. was like the best decision I ever made. Yeah. Because I feel like there were so many people that I had seen but barely knew or had never talked to. Like I had seen you perform at the Lantern yeah. a handful of times. Yeah. I'd seen like Igor perform at a couple spots, mm-hmm. like so many and just so many other people that we're friends with now. And yeah. it was like when we started that mic and we saw how many people wanted to come, I was like, all right, here's the deal. We're going to get beer for everybody. Yeah. And I am going to introduce myself to everyone who walks up or climbs up that ladder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, let's have a good time. Yeah. And because of this mic, I feel like a figure in the community at Ex- some level. Exactly. Because yeah. it's like, because you took a risk, you provided a mic and free beer and for me, water yeah. and, and tea. <laughs> And and you make friends really fast, right? Yeah. Like like if you look back in a year back, you probably had like few connections, but now you look back and like, oh my god, I made so many good friends who I can rely on and call, and then they will come out and do my lawn. That's incredible. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> Shout out to Ryan, a tool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like so many people that also just run shows or run mics, and like it's I'm. I'm not a spot trader guy. I mm. believe that I'm very like 
Marxist about like comedy where it's like, it's like give what you can take what you need. And I think giving back to the community is so important and people will just see that you're, you're present, you're working on your material and you're trying to give back in some way and people will just be like, Oh yeah, they're in like, they're fine. You know? Yeah. It's, it's just like, cause you know, it's, you're using your own time and energy to provide a platform. Yeah. That's like, that goes far. Yeah. For sure. And I mean, you, you, I don't know how you have the time and energy to provide on your end because you got what you're running like three penthouse shows a week right now, right? We have four shows. Um, we do one Mondays <sighs> at Santa Brooklyn, it's a Brazilian restaurant, really pretty. Um, Tuesdays we do do Crystal Lake Brooklyn and Williamsburg, really beautiful, like back room of a bar, it looks really classy. I think that's one of the it looks like you could tape a special there. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then Thursday nights, we do the Eastville Comedy Club. And then Friday, the the saving grace of the pandemic, Tiny Cupboard. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we have those four um, right now. And, mm-hmm. and that really helps me just get up. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, I just want to do like, you know, I'm not going to wait for people to give me spots. I'll just create mm-hmm. my own. I think that's something that I hear. I heard from so many people when I was new. I would always ask more experienced comics, like, how did you start getting booked on shows? And everyone was like, well, I wasn't. And then I started my own show. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I gave myself time. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And that it, it's like for me, it's just like I just want to grow really fast. Yeah. I, I have ideas and I kind of put them outside. Um, so like what, what do I just, you know, make your own. And, and then I'm also like, you know, trying my best to make sure that everyone um, in the scene is also doing our show so that you know that in that way i would love to give back and like people reach out like oh i have a jfl i'm like yeah dude come by and do a spot of yeah. course like you have something important yeah and at the same time like a lot of people are like oh i can't ask but like you also have to realize there's so many comics it's easy to forget at times mm. so like if you ask it's not a bad thing you, you love this thing you want to do it why not just you know reach can out. i ask right now Oh, for sure. You I'll just like send me a DM and I'll put you up whenever. You know, you know that you have the spot well, with us. That's yeah, dope. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, I had no course. idea. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course. I, with with your lineups, like especially because you had me do photography at the first like two yeah. campout comedies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I can't be on stage with these people. No, <laughs> they're no, so good. No. But like you know, like at that time, like we were trying to build a brand. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was, you know, I I was very lucky because I had like some uh, connections, like I said, and they like were very very um nice about doing it for mm-hmm. you know nothing like in in a park <laughs> now it's like being now we have like so many shows and we just want to make sure that you know everyone who needs the time and wants to grow like we provide yeah. that for them so that they can also do their thing that's great yeah yeah that's great for sure. i'm just like when i when i hear that you're doing four shows like when, like producing four shows mm. i'm like oh the logistical like the eventbrite stuff the excel promotion file, baby. It's, excel. All, it's all on google sheets all oh, is yeah. being tracked um and you know as a as a fellow engineer you know like how how nice it is to just like look at an excel spreadsheet and like oh i got it oh <laughs> so yeah it's fine it's oh, all yeah. organized it looks nice <laughs> and beautiful i've got spreadsheets going for all sorts of comedy stuff right 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 you gotta i did uh i did um I Lee gave me access to the Google form that's the sign up for our mic and yeah. it has people's email addresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I took 
all the email addresses that have ever been logged into this form and right. I ran a unique on them in yeah. Google Sheets. Yeah. We have more than 350 unique comedians who have signed up for That's this mic. That's incredible. Now you're like, going to sell them to some some like third-party platform yeah. so they can get targeted ads. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll buy it off you and I'll <laughs> try to sell them stuff. I was like I was like this is like a little useless for marketing a show but yeah. like when i'm like like i mentioned earlier we're, me and connor are gonna start a studio like yeah, podcast studio exactly. down the line. It's, it's never like, useless yeah because yeah. like anytime you have an email that's currency that's like bitcoin yeah. level currency right now <laughs> yeah you know I mean? it's like oh like even if not now you just keep saving those and one day maybe you're taping your special you send an email out hey friends like if you want to see my special we'd love to have you come out to this venue and that's people true. would love to come out and support and even that's the people huge. who i who've never gotten on the mic but yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah it's like oh i hate you but like you know <laughs> you're doing something nice and i would love like people are usually very nice and supportive yeah. even like people who you never talk to because the, the scene the scene is so big yeah i was talking to someone about this it's like a big state college vibe because mm-hmm. it's like oh you look at it and you're like oh i can never be friends with everyone so you just stop trying yeah and you just like roll with the crew you have but like mm-hmm. most people are nice that's why we make progress and do this thing but Absolutely. it's like hard to get to know everyone on a deeper level because like oh, i don't there's not enough time in the day exactly <laughs> there's too many of you dude i feel like it's one of those things like you turn up to the same like open mics or shows regularly and yeah. then it's like okay exactly i went to the same mic two months in a row yeah now i know 80 new people i like, saw that guy eight <laughs> times in a row maybe i should ask his name <laughs> yeah <know>? exactly <laughs> what is your name sir i'll give him a fist bump one time and yeah. we're cool <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, a fist bump and a hug that's how you know you're intimate <laughs> in the comedy world yeah so uh so pre-pandemic were you doing any sh- and like were you producing any shows or? i i was just about to start two different shows <laughs> they all got shut down oh. of the pandemic. <laughs> um so yeah so i moved down and then i just getting the hang off the city i was doing some spots mm-hmm. at broadway and and trying to get up as much like one one thing that i locked out with was because i was doing the somewhat the road already I was still like, you know, going to Boston, going to Connecticut and like driving up and down with like some headliners. So I was still getting a lot, lot more bookings outside the city because right. no one really knew me in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's people who ran things and stuff. So, so I wasn't, I wasn't getting up a, a lot of bar shows. Like I was getting like few that I met at like different festivals I did in the, in the past. So they were very nice. Like, oh, you came and said, oh my God, let's, yeah, we have this bar show that no one comes to. You should come totally do it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, I'd love to. That time, I, at that time, like you take any, like even now, I'll never say no to a spot if I'm not doing anything else. Same. It's um, like even even if they even if someone books me during my own open mic, and yeah. then I get there and there's two audience members, and like still got booked. Hell still yeah, dude. you gotta you gotta you gotta go do it and then come back and do the other thing you exactly doing. exactly. Um. So yeah. So I was about to run two shows uh, start, and I, they were all like. The, the lineups are booked yeah <laughs> the venue was locked in and then uh, we put up the flyer and the next day uh lockdown guys we're gonna go in lockdown like oh my god oh. this is incredibly upsetting <laughs> uh, and i had like uh i had like four different festivals in april and may that i had like bought plane Whoa. tickets for oh. and i was like oh my lord and then i call up american airlines i'm like hey listen 
we know there's a pandemic, but we will re- we'll give you like a e ticket where you can use these tickets for like later. And they never like really did. But Delta was nice, like they saved some money, but like you never get the exact value. Yeah. Right. Delta is pretty good about it. Yeah, yeah. Delta Delta is uh, good. Um. So yeah. So that was that was like I had like an entire run of shows that all of them got canceled. Oh, no. <laughs> But it, it's fine. Like I learned so much over the pandemic. It was, it was, it was a blessing in disguise, I guess. It totally was. Yeah, and I yeah. think it was funny when we were on the tiny cover the other day, and I bumped into you, and yeah. Geo walked down the stairs, yeah. and then we were like, "You're doing so much," and you're like, yeah. "Oh, you're doing so much." Yeah, yeah. And you were like, no, "You're doing so much." Yeah. Everyone is doing it. <laughs> so I think like it was definitely like like this like for me the timeline was like this mic started like me and lee started our mic and then it gradually kind of snowballed to where there was like a lot of park mics opening up yeah and i didn't know about the tiny cupboard for like another like two months of quarantine or something like that yeah then i think it was like late july is when everyone and their mom started their own show (laughs) (laughs) hey i know this uh i i know this corner of the park no one comes to do you guys want to come to a show there yeah yeah of course dude what what part of what part of central park is that yeah next to where like the friends tv show happened dude that's where the the the, the song and stuff oh cool i'll be there i mean that the the mic that happens by that fountain is great so oh it's there there have been so many good mics there too like yeah it did save the pandemic people like that's when you realize like new york city comedians they're just like hey let's make something out of this baby yeah and we did it it was what was crazy to me is like i started meeting a couple boston comics Mm. like i made a connection friend of a friend with a boston comedian and i kind of got to know some more of them through like a couple zoom shows or whatever yeah and they were like they're oh there's no comedy happening in boston right now and i was like oh I'm having the best summer of my life. There's comedy every minute of every day right now. <laughs> it was incredibly surprising when yeah. when you realize that New York City was probably the only city that had, uh, besides Florida, <laughs> that had so much comedy. Like, yeah. It was like, you could get up every day. And they're like, do you guys not have a pandemic? I'm like, we do. <laughs> it's just outside like we and and i i, I salute the people who like, try to be as safe as possible yeah. and, you know try to do the thing that they love with with you know because like mental health is also important so mm-hmm. so i you know people did it what they needed to and i think people did a good job with telling people that hey i got tested i did this mm-hmm. and i think i think we came out of the pandemic stronger as, as a scene absolutely yeah. i think it was it was such like a bonding experience too because for like coming to New York City, I felt like the scene is so large I'll never know anybody at first, you know. And then the pandemic hit, and then it was just like, oh, every mic I go to now it's only like the the one hundred and twenty five people left yeah. that like are still gonna do this. The survival of the fittest. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you didn't die of Corona. Hi. <laughs> Nice to finally meet you. Yeah, yeah. The rem- the remaining. So how uh how far into uh like the opening of outdoor comedy did you start camp out and penthouse? So camp out and pen camp out and penthouse we started right away, like July. Okay. Um, July was the first camp out, and then the uh penthouse we started like August first week. Okay. So and it hasn't stopped since then. So. So yeah, Penthouse we have been doing, you know, two to three shows always and now we yeah. just have like expanded to four, trying to trying to go to five. 
trying to conquer the whole week. <laughs> trying to do it. Try, like, hey, I, uh, no one's no one's booked me on a Sunday. What do I do? Oh, I have my own show. I'll just do that. <laughs> um, but I might just like leave it to five. I don't know yet, but we'll see what happens. You know, like if it gets easy, I don't know. It is it is work, but you know, I'd rather do I'd rather do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you too is how did you how did you bring your audience in for like those initial shows? Yeah, the initial shows were easy because like you know you're just like first out of the pandemic you're getting some good lineups people are just excited they're like mm. oh my god like i'm gonna see them they ha- we haven't seen comedy in a bit so the initial shows are the easiest because your, your friends come out too you're like oh, right. your friends friends come out and those are the easier ones and then you 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 know you get a good photographer like maxim and get some good photos out and you put it on an instant <laughs> they're like oh this is legit you should you know and people start following the the page and just over time, you just build something, and like you know, even bright, you get tickets, you yeah, and their emails are with us, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we spam the shit. No. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, it's been it's been a learning process, and you know, there are like some great, amazing shows. We we re- rarely have bad shows, but they're like you know five maybe over the last mm-hmm. nine months. Yeah, that's great though. Yeah, yeah, how many you're doing? Yeah, yeah. What were some uh, initial like initial challenges you had in producing these shows? Um, initial challenges were, I guess, just like um, I I wouldn't call them challenges, but they were just like, oh, I don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, those that that anxiety always was there. Um, but also just trying to make sure that everyone feels safe, right? Yeah. Because I I just wanted to make sure that because initially we were just like, oh, let's let's get all the wipes let's get yeah <laughs> let's get all the all the mic condoms to 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 the comics so they feel safe so th- that that was probably the first part trying to make sure that everyone is safe everyone feels safe to be there um and the the crowds just like came out and mm-hmm. maybe like figuring out maybe the latter shows that oh like how do we add, put a insta ad or how do we put a a Facebook ad. So like the it was a lot of learning over yeah. the process of producing like so many shows. So I wouldn't I, I don't know if there are challenges, but they're like learning experiences and learning moments where like, oh this is what this is what works, this is what doesn't work. So I'll make sure to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We never we Lee and I when we did our outdoor show, we never figured we never got the audience part fully down. Mm-hmm. Like she would talk to ev Lee would talk to everyone after all She's of her a shows. Sweetie. And would just be like, oh, like let's follow each other on Instagram and right. like bring them in, and we'd like post about the show and stuff. Yeah. And then it was like we had twice that we had people from the previous show come to the next one. Yeah. And then it was all walk by traffic. Right, like, right, right. It was it was so inconsistent because you had your show at Prospect Park, right? Yeah, we did it. Yeah. We had it at Prospect Park, and then we moved it to Dumbo at the yeah. waterfront. Right, and right. that was the best because yeah it was like even if there was like two audience members the that view. place is chaos right and the right, view right. is great oh, so. it's such, a, such a pretty place yeah <laughs> but yeah it was like always so hit and miss with us so i always that was the big challenge for us it's like what how do people get people to consistently get come to their shows? yeah it know? almost feels like a lot thing yeah i'm like <laughs> like i'm always surprised when i when we sell out shows i'm like oh this is incredible like how did we um but like we tried to book some comics that you know had like three hundred thousand following, so like, yeah. it's like, oh, that's the trick. You yeah. just gotta get someone who has a ton of following, and hopefully their fans mm. come out to see me perform. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that was something in the city that surprised me is that even as like an open micer level comedian, you can like start producing a show, 
and you can hit up the biggest name you can think of and they will there's a good chance they'll respond to you and be like yes or no but you can get people that are like credited comedians with specials and stuff yeah like the pandemic there was just such a vacuum you yeah know, like, oh i'll do anything oh you have a you have a show under a bridge yeah, yeah. count me <laughs> in dude oh you don't pay anything that's fine i'll pay you yeah exactly um yeah so pandemic definitely helped to work with these people and they're like oh they're just so talented and funny and have accomplished so much and it's like, oh my God, I get to work with these people. That's amazing. And that's that was the blessing in disguise. I, mm-hmm. guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I when I when you first had me come out to take photos of um uh camp out and yeah. I did some headshots beforehand. Yeah. I knew Joe List. Yeah. Like as like, you know, like a headliner level comedian. Like I'd yeah. seen him on Twitter, I'd seen a bunch of clips, and I was yeah. like, this guy is hilarious. And I was like, how am I gonna stop myself from being nervous taking this guy's photo? <laughs> And I was like, I'm just going to pretend I have no fucking clue. Oh, that's the best way to do it. Like, who are you? (laughs) It's like, what's your name, Joe? Oh, nice to meet you. My name's Max. Max and me. Now, now, smile for me. Yeah, (laughs) now smile, yeah. (laughs) Tilt your shoulders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I've been joking. This is like a comedian's joke only, but uh, at, at open mics, I was like, I wonder what percentage of Tinder photos in New York City are taken by, like, Photo Juice and JT Anderson, oh, you know? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Every comedian who is on Tinder has a picture <laughs> taken by JT, Mike Brick, Photo Juice, or even yeah. you. Who it's knows? like, for me, it's... I, I I am my quality is not up there with those guys. But like, I, know, I have some I have some greatest hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no, photos, I've seen, I've seen some of your pictures. I'm blown away. But you're also like starting out. Yeah, like it just like over time it will get so much better. Yeah, it's it's challenging. But yeah, I but don't you know. you are you're like an engineering person. You love learning. So yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, of that's, course. That's my shit. I, yeah, I spent yeah. three hours planning on how to get those string lights up in the back backyard yeah, yeah. to easily t- put up and tear down and make it blend in with the fence. Yeah. And all I, re- I remember. Like watching you talk to a photographer for like hours, I'm like, oh my god, he's like getting all the insights. <laughs> That's definitely the type of stuff I do. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So one thing I always notice about you that I always admired is, okay, this is a bad habit for indoor mics, mm. but like the outdoor mics, like especially our mic, mm. even before the the mic would start, you weren't even like you talked to a couple people for a minute, but you were always in your notebook writing stuff. Yeah, people hate me. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's not, he's, you, what do you, who do, who does he think he is? He doesn't have time for us. I'm like, I, I love you guys, but I, if I don't look at my notebook, I will have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Cause like at the, at the same time, like there's like not, you know, trying to take anyone down or anything. It's like, like you and I, we both have uh, like a nine to five job. So yeah. I wanna, I really wanna utilize my time mm-hmm. and make sure that I'm giving my best. And I, and and the people who are socializing, they're getting so much out of it, and it's very important. And I think it's very important. Mm-hmm. And I would love to do that too. But the the some people, you know, who might have like didn't have a maybe had the day off that day. Yeah. I'm not saying they're unemployed or anything, but like maybe they had the day off. At the off. time, they definitely were. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. even if they, I don't care, like, you yeah. know, whatever they're doing, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with that. But maybe they prepared before the mic and they mm-hmm. don't have to stress. But before I get, I am usually better socializing after my set. Okay. Before that, I'm just like thinking about the things I want to say. At the same time, like I have, I like, you know, I'm ESL. So I want to make sure everything I say is mm. is making sense to the audience because I I I I I learned English, but like obviously not making it a big deal. I learned English when I was four, but <laughs> but it's like I want to just make sure that the ideas I'm I'm putting yeah. together 
comes across because I feel like you know open mics are so valuable and I don't totally waste. and the, at the time you had like one mic and I had so much I, I I wrote every day I'm like oh my god I have like one mic I I, I need to make sure that everything yeah. I say is gold mine you're like I need the best five yeah, of the yeah, whole yeah. week of ideas yeah yeah, yeah 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 see that's what I always like I saw you do and I never I never like took disrespect to it I was like I know he's working on jokes back yeah. there so I'm yeah, like yeah. let him go I, I was like, not on Tinder swiping yeah exactly <laughs> so I was just like oh my god this bit about Bangladesh is not working <laughs> you know a bit i love about bangladesh is the the your kfc bit oh we're talking yeah. about the kfc opening i yeah, thought yeah. that was so funny and it's true like when i was young we didn't have a kfc and then kfc was announcing that hey we're gonna open this tour and i got everyone was just like because we grew up with hollywood we watch hollywood but we don't really get all of their products so when kfc was like hey we're gonna open a store i'm like oh my god there was like a line outside you don't see that in the u.s no. there's a line <laughs> there's like i i'm like driving back from school i'm like what is that line i'm like oh that's a they're not voting are they no they're that's a kfc line they are <laughs> trying to get their chicken tenders um so yeah so i i like we actually had like i had my birthday parties at a kfc it's a it's a restaurant there you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's like you take all the best ideas of different restaurants and you combine that and that's kfc for us it's incredibly funny <laughs> it's it's just like it's so cool and like i, I had my first kiss at a kfc really yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know it's it's bizarre but it was like oh like hey chicken ten i bought you chicken now because <laughs> i went on a date and you know things happened wow that's it's like <laughs> That's the stuff though that like I love. Like there's like that little like perspective yeah. in like like comedy. You just hear from people from all over the world, from different places, different backgrounds, and everything. Right. You hear those stories, and yeah. you're like, it's truly stranger than fiction sometimes. Yeah, it is like well, like is that true? Is like, yeah, everything I said happened. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. And one thing one thing I also really admired about you is I feel like every time I would like when I would see you your material was like 80% stuff I'd never heard. Oh, I hope so. That's my, that's my only goal. I don't want to yeah. be funny. I want to be original and more than funny. It's yeah. almost like my goal is to like, Hey, is this something that someone else has done or yeah. tried? Like even like with like, obviously we will all have dating jokes and that's something we all relate to. And that's, I love, I have so many, mm. and, but I just want to make sure that uh, I ask around and like, Hey, this is, is this a take you ever heard? Does it take? Because I there's I because like you said like we are all trying to add to this art form in any way we can. Yeah. There's no point of you know using the same kind of tactics because I'm not adding anything. You know what I mean? I just mm -hmm. want to add something even if it goes nowhere. At yeah. least like people who are listening because attention is like like Bitcoin currency now. We don't yeah. have a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Um. And I I want to make sure people who are listening, even if they don't find it funny, they're like, oh, I understand why he's at least trying to say it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, when you lose an audience, though, like the the key is to really ask them if they're on the apps. That's a oh, great way got, to start you, a joke. You gotta. <laughs> Are you, you on know, the apps? Are you guys dating on the apps? You got. You gotta. And I, you know, I, I have. I do it. I've done it. And you know, if you have something that is original that you're waiting to say, mm -hmm. ask that question and then bounce back. That's fine. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not gonna judge. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, like also like one thing you just mentioned about open mics being valuable mm. is I feel like it took me a long time to come around to like where like where I noticed your mentality was. Like you mm. would come in, maybe do like a quick a joke or something you'd done before, but I could tell that you were always it was always new stuff you were writing and yeah. trying out. Yeah. And it took me a long time to get comfortable where I like I felt like I wasn't trying to impress people at mics and it got yeah. to the point where I was like, Oh, I just wanna 
try new shit. Yeah. And now I have new friends. Uh, like someone, or my buddy Sasha, who started last summer. Yeah. He came to a sh- he came to a show that I was on like yeah. a month ago, and we've hung out so much. He comes to our mic all the time. Oh, for sure. And he yeah. goes, "That was the first time I've seen you do a five minute set." And I was like, "Are you crazy?" And he was really? like, "Yeah, I just see you host the mics all the time. I never oh. see you actually like do a set set." Right. And I, he was like, "I've never heard the, some of those jokes." And I was yeah. Like, oh, because I just stopped telling. Cause right. Because I, I know work. them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> yeah. No. The, the you know all comedians we go through this ego thing where like, hey, we, I need to kill. I need, I'm yeah. getting up because it's like you know you're a lot of people think their prestige is on the line. And a lot of people think comedians should be funny all the time but like you're more than a comedian like you know what i mean like if i yeah. see you bomb it's not the last thing that i'm gonna think of you know yeah what i mean a lot of comedians think oh my god if i'm not funny what do i have i'm like um you have so much yeah <laughs> that's not the only thing you're offering to the world yeah you know what i mean but that's what we struggle i struggle everyone struggles with mm-hmm. it to a certain extent they're like i need to kill yeah um and but, we, we but, all do where it's like we bomb and we're like oh there's people there's comedians who i've never met and now they're just gonna think i suck but yeah. then when you see someone do that you're like okay that was a bad set but like if i see them again they could be funny like exactly <laughs> and that's that's the, that's the thing like uh, big headliners get away with because like when you see them uh do new material you almost love it it's like oh we, you you already yeah. proved you already proved that you're good you don't have to mm-hmm. right now and that's what we don't have it's like we have right. to prove every time yes um but at least you know uh some people are nice and they're like i'm sure he's trying yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's that's what we need we need to and that's why i love improv so much because their philosophy is um embrace failure mm-hmm. always try to fail and that's what comics miss they're like oh I, yes. I need to i need to kill every time I'm like then you're not growing if you're not taking risks yeah that's that's a great way to look at it yeah because yeah. i think it's just you like yeah you're right you don't grow without risks and yeah. there are times when I'm I'm like this. I know lots of people have different processes, but if I have a funny premise or like an idea and like a punchline, but I don't know how it fits, the only way I'm going to figure out is on stage and I have to say it and like work through it in the moment and I will bomb it like two or three times and then yeah. it'll be like oh here it is and then i can write it down you if, know if you don't you you like as engineers too you know when you when you have a hard problem that problem stays with you for so much longer you're like i just can't crack it but if it's working then you're like oh i already know i'm not gonna think about it mm-hmm. that's that's with that's that's with bits if you have a problem that you're trying to solve as as a premise you will have that linger in your head for longer than bits that already work and you never you know think about them because it was done mm-hmm. so it's like yeah that's that's the pro and the con of of having an easy bit versus mm-hmm. something that's difficult totally do you have any that stand out to you as being like do you have any bits of yours that were like your white whale for a while like things i loved things you loved or like you were trying to crack took a while to figure out i, I still have bits like that i'm always trying like and right now because like you know no one has like the industry has never seen me so it's like i'm always trying to go back and add things that will make that bit that works better yeah so like i'm reworking a lot of stuff like that which just to make sure that my 2025 is just because right now i'm going on the road with like headliners and they you know they do like an hour i do 25 30 whatever right Mm -hmm. so i'm just trying to make sure that some older bits are still fresh so i'm adding new tags or whatever and and obviously trying out newer bits that have worked in like the new york city shows Mm -hmm. um so so yeah, I definitely have some bits that I always can go back to and just like pull out and be like, oh yeah, I know this works, and it usually does because mm-hmm. I've done that like at least three thousand times now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I've got you, you. You remember my rat fuck alley joke? Of course. That's like my flagship joke. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. It just it's like my baby. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The beginning of that joke. It took me probably six months to figure out something that's tight and works, so yeah. I can get to the point where it's like really funny. Yeah. It, it was like on my mind all the time. I do that joke. I'd lose the audience for a minute. Of course. And then I'd do the punchline and they're right back with me. I was like, it's excellent. Yeah. What is this first part? Just right. all the time. Yeah, like I have, I have, I have like some dark bits mm -hmm. that, you know, first 30 seconds, the audience is like, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. But then you give them the line and like, oh my God. Yeah. But that's the, the, that's the, the risk reward of yeah. those bits. It's like, this is going to be really tense, but when it when when i break the tension you're gonna love it mm -hmm. and if you don't love it this joke is gonna bomb really bad because yeah. <laughs> those are the those are the jokes that like do really well and it's like gut-wrenching laughter or mm. they just <laughs> tang the place and you have to yep. be like, so we tried huh guys yeah. huh? Uh, uh? who's who's on the apps yeah <laughs> pull that card right out and go into some lighter material <laughs> yeah. so what is what is your writing process like do you I guess I guess I'm curious about your time management running four shows mm. and with a nine to five. So yeah. do you do you like set aside time every day to like write? Oh, and for like sure. Work or? That's 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 something I learned from Nick Griffin. It's like no matter what you're doing in the world, every day write an hour, or even if you don't write an hour, you sit down for an hour and just ruminate about your ideas. And mm -hmm. that's that's very like as a comic, that's our only job to just like write one hour. That's seven hours a week. That's not a lot. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so at times, like if I like write half an hour, like weekends, I'll write like three, four hours at a time. And I just wrote like maybe one bit, you know what I mean? Whoa. Like I really spend a lot of time in the beginning of a bit and then I like, uh, extra, like it, by the end of the bit, it's like one line that works. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my God, that was... <laughs> but that's the beauty of it. It's like, you just like the thought experiment of something. It's just so fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like I have this dumb bit that I'm working on and it's so dumb and I can't believe that no one has done it and it almost feels unreal. It's so dumb and it just, I feel like I'm cheating almost. I asked around and no one has said that they have heard something, but like, I don't know if you've been on a date and the girl's like, I'm an open book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, like she like open book like I, is it too late to tell you I don't read like it's such a dumb line <laughs> and then like, I, like do you have like a pamphlet version or something I can download you on it's so dumb right and then the the, the very clear premise yeah yeah it's like you you make fun of the entire thing yeah, it's yeah. like oh like she kept talking about her exes she must have a lot of contributing authors like it's like it's like it's really and then like I you know I I created like seven lines seven tags to that and the three I kept. Mm -hmm. but four i have already tried that in like 10 shows <laughs> and i <laughs> oh three of them consistently work so it's like when i um when i start writing i take like the premise like open book was mm -hmm. the premise she says she's an open book how do i how what are, what are the different angles of that so i'll write all of the flesh that out and then go at a mic or a or a show and then try to squeeze that in between like stronger material and then mm -hmm. see how that works and then just trim and trim and trim. And then if it works, then at, after maybe like five weeks or two months, I'll come back and see if I can add another thing to it. It's just mm -hmm. like all a process and slowly add, trim, add, yeah. trim, add, trim. And one of the hardest jokes to crack for me was probably like the time traveler joke. And it's very dark and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But people just said, I love that joke. At times, like your comic friend tell you that they love it. I'm like, there must be something there. So you just go yeah. back and yeah. try to try to re reward it, re-tag it, and then it still doesn't work. I'm like, I, I'm not good enough right now. Yeah. Because you know? yeah. like, I have like a lot of bits right now that I'm going back in 2018 notebooks. Yeah. 
so I have everything in one note. And mm-hmm. so like if I have like something in 2018 that at the time I didn't have the skill set to work, now right. I can go back and try to rework it. Like I had this one line that I just did at a mic right now. Like uh, my friend, I don't know if you, if you like, I have, I have a friend who would make fun of Bangladesh. Okay. You know, he would like say something like, like we lost power at once or so hanging out. It's like, oh, what, where are we, Bangladesh? <laughs> it's like, it's like that was that. That's the only thing I had. But yeah. now I know how to take that and make it into a joke. That was right. like more of a line. It's like, oh, th- you're mean. But it's like the joke now is kind of like other countries. I don't think do that. Like in Australia, if they have a wildfire, they're never like, where are we, California? You know, it's like you <laughs> yeah. don't do that. Like the idea of like, oh, we ran out of clean water, and my friends like, oh, where are we, Bangladesh? I'm like, no, this is actually Flint, Michigan. <laughs> it's like you just eat, like now I have like different ta- like a better way of targeting right. where i want to take it mm-hmm. at the time i just didn't know i just had observations i'm like oh that's dumb mm. but it's not funny it's just dumb <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good point i always yeah. find like going back to old jokes like i have gained perspective yeah and like i like that what you're talking about that process of adding to jokes yeah that's like that's like where my challenge is right now yeah is like expanding the like universe of a joke is how right. i think about it like yeah because there's so many like times you do write a quick one-liner like you have a bit like that and you're like oh that's so funny but yeah. like that's so quick it's like right. five seconds of my whole set like, yeah what if if they like it, it should be longer. It should yeah, be elaborated. It's, it's almost like it's all like the one thing I keep in mind is like, what's my point of view? Mm-hmm. Like if like the joke about like I just said about oh, what what are we Bangladesh? So the point of view there is like like you are being silly and mean. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's like funny to you, but I, like, do you would you agree if someone in Australia with a wildfire is like, oh, where are we? <laughs> and that's that's the angle. It's like once you know yeah. where you wanna what where you wanna take the premise too i think it gets a bit of easier like, oh mm-hmm. i just want to make sure that if this is the point are other people doing this yeah you know what i mean just like different ways of kind of attacking it totally yeah yeah i had a i had a joke a what you meant in in your open book bit you were like i'm surprised no one's taken this yeah yeah, yeah. I have a joke that's like that. You've heard me tell it. It's like, what do you call it when you murder a vegan? Yeah. It's a homicide. <laughs> it's so good. It's so hilarious. It's so dumb. Yeah. But like I I came up with that probably two months into stand-up comedy right. at work. And I was like in the middle of a simulation. It was just my computer was just running. I thought of that joke and I had this like moment and I like went all over Google looking yeah. to see if that pun had been made and yeah. it hadn't. I was like, that's it's so good how but, did it, like but it's it, a miracle no, I, I know you think that but i think it's incredible and it's not easy because you you had because it's also because you're a vegan yeah yeah so it's like it's it's a really personal take because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't think about it and a lot of vegans maybe not are into comedy yeah, so they they're not writing anything <laughs> um so i think i think like it, it's surprising at the same time like you said like it it's your perspective your knowledge your experiences and that's why comedy is so good it's like the whatever you're presenting, unless you're trying to be getting easy laughs, it's always good. Yeah, it's always good because mm-hmm. it's you. It's who you are. That's very true. Yeah, it's yeah. Like I think that's that's some that there's like this thing that ever I feel like everyone goes through in comedy. You go through like an identity crisis mm. of like what am what do I want to say? What am I bringing into this? You yeah, know? of course. And then for me, that always comes out in some weird like panicked like emotionally loaded joke like i'm on stage <laughs> and just talking through my feelings about this bullshit <laughs> like, I, I remember i remember you had like a 
you 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 like you you're like like you're moving yeah and i i'll never forget that said you're talking about like moving like and you had to carry like a mattress and it's the funniest oh thing. my gosh do you remember that yeah i haven't uh, told i haven't told that joke in a long time yeah, yeah. but like i got i should go back and work on that because the the punchline is just me i'm like dragging this mattress on a hand truck one yeah. full mile down fulton street as people are heckling me from their outdoor restaurants yeah like i'm jesus carrying the fucking cross <laughs> back to my girlfriend's apartment it does look like it because you yeah. have your hands wide open yeah you're carrying the mattress <laughs> and you was like what is that oh it's not a cross it's a, yeah, i'm gonna sleep on it later. yeah <laughs> that is this mattress yeah, right yeah. here yeah yeah i see it it's comfy it's comfy but it's heavy it's so heavy but yeah, yeah like like i have these like crises like we are not even crises just these weird things happen to me like mm. where i am either frustrated or awkward like i a lot of times when i want to bring myself into a joke i lead with my feelings about a situation yeah and then that helps me just like spew on stage at like an open mic and then yeah. i can boil it down into like oh here's like the essence of where i'm coming from and here's the joke about the thing you yeah. Know? yeah 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 that's like you know like i think seinfeld says this a lot it's like oh you have to find something that's irritating yeah and that's where the joke will come from and that's very true it's like if you it's like oh, no one understands me i'm like oh let me explain why no one understands me. yeah and that's where the you know punchline is yeah and yeah. I, one thing i was i've always thought about is like there's like very angry comedians you know you think of like bill burr and stuff yeah. who are just like oh their hatred fuels their comedy yeah, yeah, it's yeah. hilarious yeah it's a very easy to access emotion. And I've always been like, I don't want to be just an angry comic. Like I want to like, I want to be like light and positive and fun. Mm. And it, it took me two years of comedy to be like, Oh, there's other emotions too. It's like, right. Oh, I can do jokes where I'm like confused or sad or just like a little ashamed or like curious. And like, yeah, those emotions are just as potent as like this frustration, this anger. It's just, you have to convey them in a certain way. You right, know? right. Even if you're angry, like, you know, Bill Barr is obviously someone who's angry, angry, but mm. his like point of views are so distilled and clear that you, yeah. you get why he's angry yeah so he's usually angry about serious topics but then on right. the contrast if you see someone like gary gallman who's mm -hmm. who's uh who's mad about like the silliest stuff like maybe <laughs> netflix or like blockbuster right, or right. like grapefruit mm -hmm. so like it's really and that's by itself so fun like i one of my bits that i have never been able to crack was my <laughs> my my uh, my frustration with the everything bagel like i, I uh -huh. i'm from Bangladesh. we don't have mm -hmm. we don't we don't eat bagels we don't have bagels and the entire joke is the word everything you know oh, i, I remember this one i love this bit yeah, yeah. A few people like that bit and audience are like what are you talking about? Yeah, because you're like everything, everything. Yeah, yeah, that's the entire. It's like, what do you? The gall to call it everything. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah. it. And it's like, oh, we we don't get it. And <laughs> and that's that that's you know that's something that will go to the grave of me thinking it's funny. No one else is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that'll it'll come around in the future. Yeah, it's it. It'll probably need people like my mentality. Mm -hmm. to get that it's like it's like i'm upset about something so silly mm -hmm. you know and that's and that's at times so fun to do on stage i'm yeah. like this is so silly and ridiculous yep. <laughs> but i really feel <laughs> strongly about this lee's going through that with a joke right now yeah. she has this bit that she loves it's short yeah. and she loves it yeah i've never seen an audience member like laugh at yeah, it yeah, yeah. And, but she's like so she's so she's happy it. and you gotta keep it because yeah. you're happy about it and the joke is okay 
Do you know those big pots that you only use to make spaghetti? Mm. Do you think they have dreams about making spaghetti? That's, that's and then there's, she's she's like working on some tags, but it's like she she heard me tell her a joke. She's giving me a face. She's furious. She's furious. She's yeah. like she's got a cur- no no. no we, we appreciate uh, the the bed that you're trying to work out. We're talking about jokes that are hard to crack. Yeah yeah yeah. 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 I made fun of myself first. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing. Um, I wanted to ask you in your perspective. So if someone was like listening right now and they were interested in starting stand up, what would be their your like tips like for like what should you keep in mind over your early comedy career? Oh, like one thing that you should always keep in mind is that you're not gonna make it. Like first yeah. thing is that don't start comedy if you want fame, money, none of that's gonna happen. Because mm-hmm. if you really, really look at it, there are a lot of seller comics who are just getting by. Yeah. So money, if money is, don't get into this because you'll be miserable throughout. <laughs> but if you really love the idea of putting your stand up out there, you can you can do it. It's it's mm-hmm. really easy to get together. You know, uh, five years in or ten years in, you can make a YouTube special, and you you your people, your audience will find it at some some point, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, so just do it for the love love of comedy, not for chasing because that's that will add extra pressure and you don't want anything external affecting your uh, creative energy yeah just be internal and i feel like the the idea it's like i'm doing this so i can be a burt kreischer one day or something is like that's like the instant like that's telling yourself that you are going to be an astronaut like you you have to be like the best of the best and you have to work for years and years and years like yeah just enjoy it and have yeah, but, fun. Yeah, that's that's the other thing about comedy. There is no way to measure the best, right? That too, yeah. Like 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 I said, like it's also about timing, luck, resources, being in the right place. Like a lot of funny comics are mm-hmm. probably right now in um Kansas City. But you know, yeah. if they don't make that <laughs> make that sacrifice of maybe moving to the city or, you know, getting getting something. So it's like it's really 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 a lot about just luck timing and maybe you can't sacrifice it because you have to take care of your family Mm -hmm. and so there's just so many variables and parameters that you just don't have control over and and but at the same time keep doing it if you love it and you know just put out your 10 20 whatever on youtube and you you look at it and like oh i made that and that's Mm -hmm. the most fulfilling thing ever i think totally yeah yeah, and i think even like I don't know. It's just there's so much. There is so much right time, right place. Like you're oh, talking about, sure. like with you, and you're like, oh, for sure. because the clubs you're at, like, 100%, yeah. literally, the reason why people know me is because I started a mic during a once in a lifetime pandemic. <laughs> like, there's that opportunity is not coming again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the next time you, people will know about you, COVID twenty. <laughs> yeah, twenty thirty. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I guarantee you, everyone listening right now, if we go into a cold snap ice age where we can't see the sun, I will have an open mic in my bunker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, we are actually speaking from that bunker. Yeah. <laughs> It's only 2024. Can you believe it? <laughs> we were eating granola bars. We're about to get some popcorn. <laughs> so in your um where we we're down to our last like 20ish minutes here. Hell yeah, dude. In your I love it. in your uh comedy career, what have been like the big triumphs for you until this point? I I'm like grateful for everything that happened to me, mm-hmm. but just going on the road with some of the people I admire and mm-hmm. look up to, just you know, Sam taking me on, Sam Morel taking me on the road, Joe Les taking me on the road, 
Nick, and just like you see good comedy and you learn so much quicker mm-hmm. and just access to just like asking them anything. Yeah. Um, and they're always willing to share and um, and they're all buddies themselves, which is great because they talk about me in the, in behind my back at times. <laughs> and it comes back to me because like one of them will tell me, it's like, hey, we talked about you. I'm like, oh, that's great. That's incredible <laughs> that you have the time to talk about me. Wow. Um, so, so yeah. So just like, you know, getting to see good comedy on and and mm-hmm. at the same time like just the the blessing of being able to perform in different city cities because your joke might not translate and so you have to keep that in mind that hey this joke is killing uh like a document joke about documentary is killing in brooklyn this no one in <laughs> lancaster pa watches documentaries so, don't do that. <laughs> so you just like try and error really fast and you kind of have an understanding and appreciation of hey, like you guys paid a lot of money and I'm going to bring the best jokes that I think you mm-hmm. guys will like at the same time being myself. These are all sets that, these are all bits that I have written, but I know this subs- subset of jokes that you will love more than maybe other people. Mm-hmm. And it's also, you know, and that's like engineering at its finest. You just, t- <laughs> you, you run, you run, you run experiments, you, you take data mm-hmm. and I've been able to gather that um, just going on the road with, people and i'm very lucky to do that Mm -hmm. you know and your your spreadsheet of jokes is all color coded coded by region and day of the week oh for sure (laughs) i have i have like different sections which are like oh jokes um sets i've done in pa sets i've done in connecticut sets Mm -hmm. i've done in missouri so like i have like different because different states have different mentality and totally we are united states but we're so different yeah (laughs) but you just have to keep in mind I had uh, I was on a show this week, and the host he's a Palestinian. Mm. He opens the show with Palestine Israel jokes, just cold open. Hell yeah! Really, like it was like I, at first I was like, "Holy shit!" Like yeah. that's a that's bold, bold move. Yeah. And then only two people walked out, and the rest oh, were totally on board. Walked out. That's hilarious. Yeah, two people walked. They were like, "This is offensive!" Like all this. Shit. Oh, right away they walked out of the show. Like, like five minutes into the show, they're walking. Yeah. Out. Oh yeah. my god, that's they, incredible. They were mad. I, yeah, yeah. I think they might have been like Israeli <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah, yeah. by their accents, but yeah, they walked. And yeah. then where was the show? Uh, it was at uh, it was Drool at Fetisau. Oh, and uh, Zach was it? Oh, that's uh, Brittany Cardwell. And no, no, I know, but who was the Palestinian guy? Oh, Jaffer. Jaffer? Oh, Jaffer Khan. He's Jaffer the host. Khan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. So yeah, it was funny because it was packed and there was nowhere to sit, and they yeah. they left, and I just I colonized that bench so quickly. <laughs> you, know, you you gotta you but, you did what Israel is doing. <laughs> I I but I was like I was fully like it's hilarious that and in, in this situation only two people walked, and I was like that's Brooklyn. Like if you take that joke to other parts of the country, the whole crowd will walk. Like. <laughs> <laughs> they, they will make sure there's no more comedy in that room yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and it's it's like yeah um that's the thing you learn that you ro- mm. learn them really fast what doing i've done jokes in like vas and like veteran clubs and stuff and you just like learn different things and you know, they're all nice people they just mm-hmm. uh, don't want to be told what to do <laughs> at certain points <laughs> yeah. and they all are like very kind even if they mm. don't like something they'll come up after and talk to you and yeah that's what i usually find that people are mm-hmm. usually very nice and there's gonna be some that are not nice and that's in life it happens yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we had a uh, one of my connor who i mentioned earlier he yeah. he did a bunch of shows in new hampshire in the pandemic yeah he has a he has a joke that's i hate dogs because <laughs> i hate i hate people i hate that people treat dogs say they're, they're dog parents 
yeah. because you know who would also love food, water, and affection? Me. Like, right, right, right. It's a joke. It's like, oh, like dog parents, like they should just be real parents. Right, like, right, right. People like that. Yeah. And it's like a very innocuous, like silly joke. Yeah. He actually had a, a woman come up to him afterward and be like, that joke was a little offensive. Right, right. And he was like, this is proof that even the dumbest material, you can't please everybody. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like, I think um, Gary Gunman said it the best. Mm-hmm. Um, you really need to know who your audience is. Definitely. And you don't want to please everyone because then you'll never be happy. Mm-hmm. You'll always be like, oh, uh, why don't they like... Oh, they might have different agendas yeah. of what they want out of their comedy. They might totally. not like you as a person. They might not believe in you. So it's really you can't satisfy everyone, and the faster you accept that, the the mm. the better mental health you will have. Yeah, <laughs> it was always funny in Boulder. We would have like these comedians from all over the country come to this one show, and the New York comedians. A lot of time, they would just have jokes about the subway, oh and I'm like, God. "Where the fuck do you think you are? Like, read the uh, room." They've never traveled. <laughs> yeah, or they come in, they're like, "Oh, you guys like weed?" It's like, okay, there's yeah, yeah. other things happening here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about skiing or like rock climbing? Yeah, it was. Sometimes it was painful. I'm like, if you don't have to pander, just do your set and yeah, don't yeah. don't try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Like, if it was like someone comes here and from uh, Colorado and it's like so who got rats in their apartment huh yeah <laughs> it's like yeah everyone <laughs> everyone uh, what, what new insight it's yeah it's just like i the the regional the regional insight is like wonderful sometimes yeah, for sure like i love when people come to the city and they bring the elements of like what it was like like the contrast like yeah yeah, yeah. that's really that's, fun that's always where comedy comes from mm-hmm. contrast and the but the exporting of new york city comedians or la comedians to other yeah. places is like all right you got you're gonna have to f- figure out what yeah. middle america is this like is the again. first road gig you've yeah. done <laughs> i can tell exactly yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is a this is a question I ask everybody mm. at the end of the show. Mm. In your like creative journey through stand up comedy, do you have a message or a lesson that you've stuck to? Like not so much in your material, but in like something to keep yourself going. Do you have like what like do you have something you tell yourself every morning before you spend your whole day doing comedy? Oh yeah. Um you might die today. That's that's the start of my day every day. I'm I'm like a big fan of stoicism and it's like an ancient Greek philosophy that I subscribe to and I think they have a lot of good teachings like the the idea of um, only doing things that are in your control is it comes out of stoicism so mm-hmm. it's like, for example if your goal is to be the best comedian or best tennis player that's the example they use in the book you can never really they had tennis back then well, the book the, the book kidding. is written by a professor now. He talks he distills um distills yeah. stoic philosophy for like modern living. So he just talks about how you know if you want to be the best tennis player, that's not really a goal or a metric that you can measure. But what you can measure is how many hours of training are you putting in, and are you look at the best player if they're putting twenty hours, are you also putting twenty? Maybe do twenty one. That's in your control. The genetics is not in your control. The amount of resources, the access to training, you might not have any of those. Lock timing. So you can't control any of that. So are you going to be like upset for all of that? No, just like what you can do in your control, just do that and and see where you end up. Um, so that's something that I always try to re- remind myself that, hey, like a lot, of th- a lot of people are doing a lot of cool things and I'm just so glad and so proud of all of them. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to get distracted in the noise and be like, oh, I need to do that. I need to do that. 
No, you need to do what you really, really love. Just ask yourself, sit down with yourself. Like, hey, like, yeah, sure, I can do that sketch and it'll be really fun. But am I doing it because I love it or am I doing it because other people are doing sketches as well? And at, at, a, at a point, um, sure, you might need to do all, all of the different things because now it's just content is king and you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But if it's affecting your mental health and you're not enjoying it, what is what are you really doing that for? Yeah. So just keep keep grounded in that and just, try to do things you love then it will never mm-hmm. be it'll, ne- it'll never be work because you just yeah. love it yeah that's a that's a great way to look at it i yeah. think and like especially with like comedy as it is now i yeah. think everyone picked like one or two things in comedy that they're gonna do and then when they like branch out to more like if you're not a sketch person you try sketches a lot of times you'll be like all right it's time to cut that like it's just yeah i gotta drop it right get more like i dropped doing comedy comedy photography yeah because it was cutting into my stage time. And right. I was like, I like, I was like, I don't like I don't want to shoot your show if you're not gonna give me a spot one day. Like I'm right. not just a photographer. So right. I'm like, I'm just not gonna do this and just go to a mic instead. Right, right, know? right. Yeah, it's really like, you know, I also think like try everything. Like yeah. I've tried, you know, sketch, all of that. Mm-hmm. Try everything, but then you'll end up realizing what you really love. Yeah. And just reinvest more time. It's like the eighty mm-hmm. twenty uh, principle, right? You yeah, gotta invest totally. Eighty percent of your time on the things you love, and mm-hmm. the rest will come out. Yeah, I find that uh, in stand up, I, I, I like, I've had a moment in the last few weeks where I'm like, I don't know if my breakthrough is going to be in stand up. I think it's going to be podcasting, which yeah. is like, like a weird offshoot. But I'm like, I'm game for it. Like, I can do like this is something I love just as much, and like I can do both very easily, and like. I don't know. I love no, the you, community. You, you, and you're, stuff. You, you're a great host. You're great at conversation. And if you love podcasting, why not? And mm-hmm. podcasting can open up so many avenues too. Totally. And like you said, if you start that business, uh, it's it's revenue. So yeah. like over time, if you even if you make money, some money out of something you love, oh my god, that's a totally. win. It's a huge win. Yeah. <laughs> like how many people can do that? Very exactly. few. Very few. Yeah. Even like the 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 little bit of money I've made from like stand up, stand up. Yeah. Is it's so funny. I think I've made eighty dollars. That's incredible. And, and That's amazing. I remember one like I had made thirty. Yeah. I had like three different shows, ten dollars each. And then someone yeah. paid me thirty dollars to host. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, You doubled the amount. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'll never forget your yeah, name. Exactly. Um it's, it's crazy. Also, may I know that per- <laughs> so that I can reach out to them and get dirty? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But like at the same time, like when you're doing podcasts, a lot you can get a lot of comedy out of it too. Because totally. you're, you're riffing, you're you you have energy, you have good vibes, mm-hmm. um, and then maybe you can like you know get an idea that someone else says and like oh that's something maybe I can write about. Yeah. Um, so like it's like it's I think podcasting is people a lot of people make fun of it. I think podcasting is great because because mm-hmm. like nowadays it's like where else are you gonna get that one on one time with someone for right. that, that excellent time of uh, period of time? And it's such a good way to bond and mm-hmm. they remember you for a long time. You remember them and it's it's online. Mm-hmm. People can access it and you can go back like when you're sixty. Yeah. Oh, I remember like my friend. I talked to them in the in for about this topic, and I think it's brilliant. Yeah, people make I don't understand why people are gonna be haters. Obviously, oh, yeah, yeah. another like yeah, what are you doing? Contribute somehow. Yeah, like, what are you? <laughs> why are you mad? I will say I've been having a lot of fun uh, roasting the fact that I have a podcast on stage because yeah. it's like kind of a trope and like. I start a story about like my stickers getting stolen that mm. like I made for this podcast. Yeah. And I go, okay, guys, I'm really frustrated. This package that got stolen. The first thing you need to know 
is I have a podcast. <laughs> and that's on me. That's my bad. I understand. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's a huge laugh. And yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, I take my podcast seriously. I love it. But yeah. also, like, I can roast myself for being right, one right, right. of the millions of people doing this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, it, re- it people laugh because they they want to make fun of a podcast. Yeah, that's exactly. why people laugh. But, like, and I, I, I love that you're, you're doing it because if you bash yourself, no one else can because you're, yeah. you're very self-aware of you know, what is going on. But I, like I said, I... I love anyone starting anything. I'm like, hey, mm. you are using your energy and your passion and starting something. As long as you love it, I hope you just keep doing it. Yeah. That's that's all we are here to do in this planet. Mm. Just like trying our best. That's exactly why I started this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I don't interview comedians every single episode because I was like, I want to talk to people who are doing creative things in all sorts of ways and not For just sure. comedy, you know? Yeah. Real and people with real problems. Exactly. <laughs> And it's great. I'm like, because like, I think I, I've said this before, but like comedy was like my matrix, like red pill where I yeah. started doing comedy. And then I realized that like a lot of the bullshit I was doing in my life didn't matter as much as I thought it did. Like yeah. having like a, a good job wasn't actually an identity of any type. When I started doing comedy and creating, then it was like, oh, I'm into other people who are creating and are passionate and who are like chasing after something, you know? And that's that's been the best thing. Yeah, I just don't understand people who get like mad, like oh, other people, like like when I said real people, real problem. Like a lot of comics' problem is I'm not getting booked. I'm like, oh, that's a real, that's a problem. Is that a problem, really? People yeah, are dying everywhere <laughs> else, and you're not getting booked. I I mean, like it's like like I said, like if if anything happens to any of the friends, the people I know, I'm just like, oh my god, that's so incredible that you did it and it happened. Mm-hmm. That's why why wouldn't you be proud of that that you got to know that person in some way it's like oh my god you 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 had this desire and you made it true. yeah uh, incredible i had, one time i met uh i definitely said this in the show the listeners whatever you love me or you're just getting <laughs> to know me so but like i i was at the creek in the cave in the before time mm. and there was this young comedian there probably like 18 or 19 oh my god. i overheard a conversation with him and another guy and the young guy had just moved to the city mm. and the other guy's like oh hey you just moved to the city like how's how's like being here going for you? he's like ah, you know it's like that's all right it's just you know comedy's kind of hard and all this and i like i like interjected i was like i want to stop you for a second because <laughs> you are trying to be a stand-up comedian in New York City, you have to understand that compared to most people, you are living a goddamn fairy tale. Uh, like you're living the like a storybook right now. Like hundred percent. Like when I was in Albany, mm-hmm. we saw great headliners once mm-hmm. a week, maybe once every other week. Mm-hmm. In New York, you can see great headliners every night, maybe doing a spot before you, maybe doing a spot after you. Like where else is that gonna happen? Right. Like very few cities. I'm sure like mm-hmm. some cities have that, but like very few. And you're in the right place if you're doing stand up. Totally. 100%. And, and just like this being the the main piece of your life, it's like just being a part of it. It's like you're going to meet so many great people, do so many cool things, be a part of so many great projects. It's yeah. just like, it's it's the best. I love it so much. Yeah, just give it time. That's yeah. pe- people want it overnight. That's the thing. It's like, oh, I want to be famous by tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> my my site, like I because of entry level with Brooks Whelan. Yeah. I I really am so grateful for that podcast because of that. I was 
I, I told him how much you love I love Brooks. We were chatting, and I was like, "Dude, my friend Maxim is like, uh, like it's just fanboying all over you, like all the time." I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I'll give him a shout out one time. I was like, "You should, dude. That would yeah, be amazing." Yeah. I know he's shit. so sweet. Like if he comes to the city, I'll make sure to like. Connect I would you love to, yeah, and like he's, he's so kind. One thing that was so good about it is like learning kind of just in the community's chatting, just kind of about like kind of how open mics work, and then also them just being real, like oh, it took seven years or it took 10 years. And just hearing that like amount of time they spent practicing the craft all the time yeah. to get to a place where they like, quote unquote, make it. Mm. I, was, I came into comedy as like, this isn't an overnight thing. This takes as long as it takes. Yeah. And I, as long as I love it, I'm just going to keep doing it. That's the beauty of stand-up is that it's you who has to be on stage and actually get the laughs, right? Mm. There's no shortcut in mm -hmm. that. You can make a sketch that goes viral and that's a two-minute thing and you'll get a lot of following. But if you actually have to do stand-up, you have to practice that set at least a thousand times mm -hmm. in different settings, in different formats, in different cities. So like, even if you just like, for example, me, I have like 20, 25, 30 minutes that I, I know work, right? And I'm okay with. If I if I start getting headlining for an hour, I'm not gonna do well. Mm -hmm. So like I can't I can't I can't do anything about if if I get really popular even doesn't matter. You still have to do the work, and that's right. why stand up is the equalizer of all the art forms. Like doesn't matter how famous you get, if you are actually wanna do stand up, you have to be on stage and get laughed mm -hmm. for forty five minutes, and that's that's the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. You can't fake it. And people, it doesn't, people will get it. Like, it doesn't. Oh, it's not funny. <laughs> and it doesn't pay well enough for you to blow up for one month and walk away with a mansion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It, you you have to be consistent, right? It, all the big boys that keep doing it, they just you know, just um, monsters in mm -hmm. creating better and better jokes all the time. And yeah. that's and that's the beauty of stand-up. Mm -hmm. It's like I only truly enjoy when I get that new bit to work. There's nothing mm -hmm. better than that. It's like, oh my God, a new idea that people love. Oh, that's the best. Oh my God. When you when you like write something or you come up with something, you're just on the train or doing whatever. Yeah. And you're like you have an open mic that evening and you're like, oh I know this is gonna land. I'm so like you're shaking. Yeah. Like even if it doesn't <laughs> land, yeah. but I'm like trying something new for the first time. The, oh I just love the rush. I'm like, mm. oh this is such a new thought. I've never said it out loud and there's gonna be ten <laughs> people who will pay attention to this. That's mm -hmm. incredible. Yeah. I'm like right now I am I host two mics and I just fully like revel in like bombing the opening set so mm -hmm. everyone else can have a good set, yeah. you know, like do the housekeeping and then I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna shoot off all my ideas and right. they're all gonna be terrible because right. this is the beginning of the mic. And just like doing that and being like, oh, there's a lot of good ideas in there. It's just the energy is off. So next time when I go to a mic and go in the middle, I'll definitely get a laugh from right. that. You know? And at the same time, you get so comfortable if you just keep yeah. opening. And hosting is obviously the hardest spot because you're just starting. Everyone is cold. Oh, yeah. Like any hosting, everyone knows in the world that if you're a comic, you're going for it. That's going to be the hardest spot. Mm. right and if you really look at it like you do which is a very positive way to look at it, it's like i'm gonna just like throw out premises and see what really like works so that i can flesh that out in the next mic that i'm going mm -hmm. to. and that's the way to go and like if you bomb so much you get so comfortable on stage yeah. it's it's really important to bomb a lot yeah <laughs> you really need to it bomb cannot be understated yeah, yeah you really need to be so bad yeah <laughs> to be so good i uh two weeks ago i, I bombed the tiny cupboard like 
at Britney Brave's show, mm. and it was packed up yeah. there. And I had a really strong start, and yeah. I could tell I kind of lost the crowd in the middle. Yeah, had some like little like chuckles here and there, but the lights were like bright, and I couldn't oh, see sure. anyone. Yeah, it's, and the lighting is off, and it was just like I can't see anyone. I can't like connect. It was bad, and yeah. I, I walked off stage feeling table terrible. And the host was like, "Hey, great set," and I was yeah. like, "Were they laughing?" She's like, "Yeah, it's just like you know, it's kind of windy, so you can't really hear out there." I was like. I don't believe I had to ask another comedian. I was like, were they laughing? He's like, yeah. I think so. I was like, I don't know. I think I bombed. <laughs> like I'm checking with other people like, right. Hey man, did, did I bomb? Did right, right, right. I, I couldn't see anything. <laughs> I, I have no idea what happened. Yeah. I was in a vacuum. <laughs> exactly. Um, but like, even if you did bomb, that set will stay with you so, for so long. Like, Oh, what is, mm. what is that I can do different in the next time yeah. I go up there? You know what I mean? And, and that, that is a windy room. Yeah, it's not a room, but I'm gonna call it a room. It's a windy room. <laughs> if if you yeah. really kill a tiny cupboard, you, I don't know what are you gonna do inside. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. like such a weird room. I I everyone they like pretty much everyone has stopped riffing on the train that passes because it's been beaten to death. But I've been doing this thing now where it passes and I just go, "Can I get a choo choo?" Oh, that's great. <laughs> and then I'll go choo choo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a laugh for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got you got to make yourself laugh. That's yeah. the first part. There's some the, I've had two separate people in the last week when I was kind of feeling down. We were talking comedy and I've gotten the advice is like the jokes you do should be things that make you laugh. You should have fun telling your do- jokes. Don't do stuff that works, but you're like not crazy about it. Just always have fun with it. And I was like, that's, I love that. So yeah, if you, if you have a unique point of view and you're like, Hey, no one, no one else is doing this. And I really believe in this idea. I'm going to say it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> and I'll keep saying it until one of you laughs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, and that's a win. One of, one of them gave you a W and that's good. That's all you need. You just need the one compliment, the one laugh a month to keep going. It's yeah. the best. <laughs> all right. Well, that's the end of our this show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Max. You, you know, you know how much I miss this place, and I I only have high and very very good worthy praises about you and Lee and you. You two are. I think one of the favorite uh, comedy couples in the scene and you keep doing what you're doing and <laughs> keep giving back people mm-hmm. who will give back. And that's, that's the, that's the beauty of the scene. So thank you for all you do. Yeah, I really appreciate that. It like, of it course. means a lot. And it's honestly, it's so cool. Like, cause like you came to our mic all last summer Yeah, and it's so cool watching you. It's like, a, it's like watching like a, it's like watching SpaceX figure out the vertical landing. <laughs> you're it's kind. like, I'm watching, I'm like watching Shafi. I'm like, Oh, he's going to launch I'm the, any I'm minute. The, now. I'm the SpaceX that uh, actually crashes in mid space. <laughs> like, oh my God, that was brutal. It's like, and, yeah. And he's like, he'll he get tried. There. He tried. It's like, but it's like watching you like lift off and having penthouse be successful and you like yeah. go on the road more. It's like, this is cool. Cause it's like, it's one of those moments where it's like, Oh, I know someone who's on the right, tra- tra- like on the outward trajectory, and not just like chilling at the open mics for another year. <laughs> yeah, like you know, like 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 we talked about. It's like you know, you just keep trying, and mm. things just happen randomly. And, and I'm very grateful. And you know, like we're all in the same boat. We're just like figuring figuring it out, and we have a great community. Mm-hmm. And you have built a great community of people that come out and support, and they're so sweet and. Um, incredibly hardworking people and you know we are all just adding yeah we're just all adding to this mm-hmm. thing that we love it's just a 
Katamari of comedy. <laughs> That's a, a game reference. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't it's, know what it is. He, it's like a guy. He like rolls a ball of junk, and the junk gets bigger till you're like scooping oh. up cities. It's like a big snowball thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Have you ever heard the expression "dust bunny"? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Mm-mm. Someone someone said that, and I was. That's another like in, thing that I was really in fear. I'm like, oh, this is. Uh, I'm, I'm mad about this dust bunny. <laughs> all right awesome well thank you so much for being on here this was amazing thank you for having me appreciate it and uh guys that's it for this week's episode check out shafi's uh comedy show penthouse comedy uh it happens a million times a week (laughs) at every single place in the city (laughs) and i hope you guys have a good rest of your day Uh, remember to leave a five-star review send me your five-star review and your address to dqydj underscore pod on instagram and i'll get you some stickers Until then, I will see you next week. Bye. (laughs) 